Welcome everyone. We are continuing our study of Simha. We're in class number 90. Last week we spoke about the mitzvah of Kibud Avaim, honoring a father and mother. As it relates to the Amidah when we say, Velohe Avotenu. We ended last week discussing the connection between the Para Aduma and Kibud Avaim. We said that as obvious as the mitzvah of Kibud Avaim is, it's so obvious that all the nations of the world regard it as an important part of their life. But when it comes to Am Yisrael, it takes on a deeper understanding. That's what the Para Aduma represents. It represents something that we may not understand fully what it is. So even the mitzvah of kibud avaim, as simple and as obvious as it might seem, but there's a para aduma aspect in it, which means it's deeper than what meets the eye. And last week we gave an example of how the mitzvah of kibud avaim is actually a critical part of our connection to Har Sinai. Today I'd like to go a little bit further on this subject and give a little more depth to the mitzvah of kibud avaim. I say more depth than the obvious that we owe our parents, we owe them our lives, which is true, hakaratatov, obvious. But it's more than that. For a Jew, it's much more than that. So let's go to Parashat Kedoshim. Parashat begins. Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Daber el kol adat bene Yisrael. Speak to the entire Jewish community. Generally speaking, when Moshe Rabbeinu taught the Torah in the desert, he taught Moshe, lesson one. Then he taught his children. He taught Yoshua. And then he taught, I'm sorry, the elders. And then he taught all of Am Yisrael. But here he gathered them all together. So something very special is about to happen. Gather them all together and tell them, Ve'amarta alehem kedoshim tihiyu. I want you to be kadosh. I want you to be holy. Ki kadosh ani Adonai Elohechem. Because I am holy. The word Kedusha is a very fancy word. We call it holy. It sounds very elevated. But I'm not really sure if we know what the word means. Am Yisrael, when we were chosen by Hashem, He called us an Am Kadosh. In this parasha, later on, again it says, Vehit Kaddishtem Vihiyitem Kedoshim. Time and time again, we are called an Am Kadosh. That is the unique essence of the Jewish people, is that we are holy. What, what does that mean to be holy? When you think of holiness, you think of an older person with a white beard and a talet over their head. 
which makes holiness not so relevant to me and you. What does it mean to be kadosh? The word kadosh is like hare'at mekudeshetli. When we marry a woman, we say hare'at mekudeshetli. Mekudeshet means you are unique and special to me. The word kadosh means that we have a special, unique connection to the creator of the world. And of course, we are created with a certain kedusha that Hashem gives us. And our job in life is to elevate that kedusha. And Hashem gives us opportunities. For example, Shabbat is also a holy time. What's the holiness of Shabbat? What does it mean, this Kiddushat Shabbat? It means that Shabbat, there's something in the air of Shabbat that can bring a person closer to his Creator. We can become more unique and more connected to the Creator of the world through Shabbat. There's something in the air in Shabbat that makes it Kadosh. Of course, that's what Hashem gives us, but we must elevate the Shabbat if we don't act Shabbat, on Shabbat, we won't be able to reach that Kiddushah. We have Kiddushat Eretz Yisrael. We have Kiddushat Yerushalayim. We have all types of Kiddushah in Am Yisrael. All of them are pointing to one thing. They're all vehicles of making Am Yisrael Kadosh, special, a special, unique connection to Hashem, like a father and son. So Hashem tells us, Kedoshim tihiyu. I want you to be Kadosh, which means you have already a level of Kedusha, but you need to work on it. You need to elevate yourself. What exactly does that entail? So there are, there are different opinions on this subject. The Ramban says, an important Ramban, he says that a person who follows the Torah and keeps all the mitzvot can still come out very far from what he's supposed to look like. Which means, you kept all 613 mitzvot and you're still a failure in life. How could that be? It says the Ramban that a person, he says, Haperishut. What does it mean to be Kadosh in this context? He says, Ki Torah, his Hira, Torah gave us certain principles, Arayot, certain relationships that are forbidden, Ma'achalot Asurot, foods that are forbidden. But then, of course, it allowed us certain relationships. And, of course, it allowed us food. We could eat meat. We could have wine. He says a person could live within the context of Shulchan Aruch, but he can be what he calls him a Naval Birshut HaTorah. Naval means a very low human being with the permission of the Torah. Which means, for example, 
Is wine permitted? Yes. Now, if you become a wine drinker, you will become a naval. You didn't do any avera, the wine is kosher. You didn't drink on Kippur. You did everything right. You made a beracha too. Beracha rishona, beracha harona. Everything was done according to halacha. But you're a naval brishuta Torah. You're considered a nevela. Naval means a very low person, even though you are fulfilling the mitzvot. Because the Torah gives you the basic principles, but you have to understand from the principles what it is you're supposed to be looking like and how you're supposed to live. Take, for example, Chot Shabbat. A person can keep all the halachot of Shabbat, doesn't do anything wrong, and yet get very little out of the Shabbat. Because Shabbat has a certain atmosphere, a certain look to it, a certain behavior, a certain way to talk, a certain way to spend your time. Theoretically, you can get around the halachot and do things on Shabbat that wouldn't be called Hilul Shabbat. But it's not Shabbat. You're not understanding the spirit of Shabbat, the Ruach of Shabbat. Sometimes people, they belittle when we say, oh, it's not within the spirit of Shabbat. And they say, come on, that's not important. It's not important. That's the most important. In fact, all the laws are meant to get you to the spirit of Shabbat. There's something very special about Shabbat. The laws help you get there. But if you're smart enough and you have enough of a strategy, you can get around a lot of the laws. And yet you'll be able, excuse me, and yet you won't be able to feel the Shabbat. That's why Hachamim, they took the Torah and it's basic. In fact, without the laws of the Hachamim that we have today, our Shabbat would be like that. Hachamim told us, you know what? Don't move things on Shabbat. Mukseh. Don't move them. According to the Torah, you can move. You can move pens around. You could go ahead and fix your closet and do certain preparations from Mutsa'e Shabbat. According to the Torah laws, you would be able to tell a goy, go ahead, go shut the light, go turn on the light, go cook for me. According to Torah law, there's no halakha that doesn't allow you to do certain things. But we know that those things, we don't do them. And luckily, we don't do them. Why do you think the hachamim gave us extra laws like mukseh and not telling a goy to do certain things and certain behaviors that they say, no, no, it's not the way you're supposed to act. It's not the way you're supposed to talk. Why? They just want to give us more halachot? No, because hachamim understood that there is a certain product that's supposed to come out of a Shabbat. And if you can avoid it by picking ways around the law, you will miss the entire Ruach of Shabbat. So they gave us even more parameters that we stay within the Shabbat rules. Excuse me, within the Shabbat Ruach. It is that way with food, it is that way with relationships, it is that way with Shabbat, it is that way with many things in life. Which means, just having Torah rules doesn't avoid producing a low person. Kedoshim to you 
says the Ramban means you have to know the boundaries of what's permitted. Yeah, yes, wine is allowed, but you have to have a boundary. Basar, eating, allowed, with boundaries. You can't eat all day long. Relationships, with boundaries. Everything's got boundaries in life. Even within what's permitted, the Torah gave us the ability to choose what boundaries make sense so that we can be kedoshim. We can be beyond just following halakha. We have to be separated, separate, separate from things that are unnecessary. Spending in things that are unnecessary. There's nothing wrong with having a $10 million wedding. You could drive around with a $2 million car. There's nothing wrong with buying furniture that's worth millions of dollars. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no avera in the Torah for that. But it's not kedushim. You're losing your focus on life. If you're involved in things that are kosher but are beyond the boundary, you're not getting it. You have parameters of halakha, but you're living outside the purpose of life. You're going in a different direction. Shokidoshim to you says the Ramban means in the permitted areas of life, sleeping. Is there a halakha not to sleep? Could you sleep all day long? Theoretically, yes. If you slept all day long, you woke up for Kiryat Shema and Tefillah, and then you went back to sleep and you prayed Minha, you're good. You didn't do anything wrong. So someone tells you, you slept all day? Yeah, what Avirah did I do? I slept all day long? No Avirah. But that's not the purpose of life. Hashem gave us, again, rules. But from those rules, we have to understand the Ruach, the purpose, the spirit of why we're living here. Sleeping all day is not part of the goal of life. So Kedoshim Tiyu means, says the Ramban, within what's permitted, make sure you know the right balance. Rabbeinu Bahia says that Kedoshim Tiyu, I'll read it for you, Al derech hapeshat, says Rabbeinu Bahia. Lashon kedusha hu perishut vehevdel, means separation. Vehaparasha hazot, this parasha, kedoshim tiyu, he says, he azhara, is a warning, lekol Yisrael, sheyihiyu perushim ugdurim bemidotehem. That we need to be separate and have boundaries in our midot. So while the Ramban is talking about not to eat, not to eat too much, not to overindulge in relationships, not to do things that are beyond the scope of what's normal for a successful life, the Rabbeinu Bahya says Kedoshim is referring to our separation in the sense of midot, our character. How patient we are, how kind we are, how thoughtful we are. These are all midot. We have to be in control of our character. That's what Kedoshim Tiyu says Rabbeinu Bahia. Now, why do I bring this here? What does that have to do with Kibbut Avayim? Again, Kedoshim Tiyu means know the right balance, 
in the physical world of indulgence, know how much to sleep, know how much to eat, know how much to drink. Kedoshima Kentra Beno Bahia is Midotovot. Know what good character is. Behave according to your good character. Respect people. What does this have to do with Kibud Abayim? Well, I'll tell you. The first thing after Hashem tells Moshe, tell them, Kedoshim Tihiyu. I want you to be Kadosh. I want you to have the right balance in life, in your behavior and in your character. What's the first thing He tells them? Ish Imo Ve'aviv Tirao. First thing, make sure you're in awe of your mother and your father. Why is that the first thing after the words Kedoshim Tihiyu? I saw in a book called Ve'arachta Yamim, he says beautifully that the Torah is teaching us or hinting to us that if we want to get to Kedoshim Tihiyu, we want our children to get to Kedoshim Tihiyu, to have the right balance in life, to know how much to sleep and how much to eat and how much to drink and how much to work, to know how to behave with people around them, how to treat their friends, all the right characteristics of life. If we want that for our children, we need to know the vehicle that's going to take them there is Ish Imo Ve'aviv Tira'u. Kibud Avaem is that vehicle that will bring them to this elevated state that we so dearly want for ourselves and for our children. Who doesn't want their children to be properly balanced in life? All of the world's problems come either from a lack of balance, sleeping too much, eating too much, drinking too much, involved in physical pleasures too much, or their midot are not the way they're supposed to be. They go too angry, they have no patience, anxiety. These are the problems of life. When people don't have the right balance in their character and in their behavior, Says the Torah, and you want to know how to get that through to them? It's the mitzvah of kibud avaem. The mitzvah of kibud avaem has that power. How does the mitzvah of kibud avaem have such power? The pasuk says in Yov. Ve'ayr pere adam yivaled. Translated, a person, a human that's born, is like a wild young donkey. A young donkey is called ayr. Pere means wild. Which means that a human being by nature is wild. What does it mean he's wild? Wild means that he's not molded. Wild means that he doesn't have boundaries and doesn't know how to live with boundaries. 
He doesn't know what the word no means. He can't accept that I cannot or should not do something. Very often in life, we see a person, young or old, and we say, what happened? How come they can't control themselves? What happened to them? Says Iyob, that's the wrong question. Nothing has to happen for a human to be wild. Nothing. That is the way we are created. When you look at that little infant in the crib, you look, he looks very cute, but you should know he's a wild donkey. Remember that. It'll help you in life when you remember that your children are wild when they're born. Because when you look at them and you say, wow, they're so nice. They're so kind. They're so sweet. They're such, oh, such a good kid, such a beautiful boy, such a nice girl. When you have that view of your little infant, it gives you a fake confidence about their future. It gives you this illusion that all that has to go is just continue and they're going to be great. That's very far from reality. The reality is, is he is wild. Look at him. He's a wild boy. She's a wild person. Can't control their anger. Doesn't know how to wait for things. Doesn't know how to say no to something that they want. They're wild. Says Iyob, don't forget that. Ve'ayir pere adam yivaled. He did nothing wrong. He's just born. We're born as wild people. That's a very critical lesson. Of course, a wild young donkey, if not given the proper restraint and boundaries, a wild young donkey that doesn't have a father and mother that says, no, honey, you can't do that. No, no, you can't order that. But I want it. I know, but you can't have it. But I want to go out tonight. But you can't. Of course, you say it with kindliness. Of course, you say it with compassion. I don't mean to be a rough father and mother, but I mean to be a clear father and mother that has rules and understands the boundaries that the Torah itself may not have spoken about. Could you imagine your young son when you wake him up at 7 o'clock in the morning or 7.30? And he says, where does it say in the Torah that I have to wake up at 7.30? Especially if it's your daughter. Why are you waking me up? And you won't be able to prove from the Torah why they have to wake up at 7.30. And if your son or daughter says, but why can't I eat in that restaurant? Why can't I have that steak that's $400? What's the problem? You can afford it. What's the problem? Show me in the Torah that I can't eat that. And when your teenager picks up a cup of wine, and maybe the second cup of wine, and says, Mom, where does it say you can't have wine? Where does it say you shouldn't have vodka? Where does it say you can't have arak? Go, open up. Which pasuk in the Torah are you going to open to them? And there are many such questions like that. Answer is, the Torah gave that 
to a mother and father to raise their children. A mother and father, by their age, is supposed to have gotten from their mother and father. What is the right balance in life? What's considered appropriate and what's considered not appropriate? What's too little and what's too much? And therefore, if this little donkey that's wild doesn't have a father and mother that gives them boundaries and says, I'm sorry, you're eating too much. You can't eat that. Or you're eating too little. Or you're sleeping too much. Or you're sleeping too little. If we don't have that father and mother in our lives, the little wild donkey, all that's going to come out of him is be a big wild donkey. That's all that happens. Of course, as he gets older, it's possible he can wrap the donkeyness in him with something very beautiful on the outside. He may put a nice suit. He may talk very eloquently. He may seem like a very, very high-level person, but he's wild as could be inside. Just get him on the wrong day or get him behind closed doors or getting in certain situations out of control. See him when he's angry, out of control. What happened to the guy with the suit? What happened to the calm speaking? Hi, so nice to see you. Such nice etiquette. He became wild in just an hour. He can't control himself on the dining room table. He's drinking away. What happened to him? Where's the etiquette that he's showing on the outside? Answer is, when you get older, you don't get less wild. You just become more strategic. You just learn how to hide your wildness with a nice wrapping on the outside. Because you know it's not so nice to be a wild donkey for a human being. So you just wrap yourself. But in reality, you're the same person. Says the Torah, you know how critical it is to have a father and mother in your life? It's not just about, oh, you're so good to me, mom and dad. Thank you, you gave me life. The mitzvah of kibud avaem is to turn a wild donkey into a beautiful human being. It's the difference between being a naval, a nevela, or kedoshim tihiyu. Ish imo ve'aviv tirao. That's how we develop our midot. You know, midot, the word midot, character, means measurement. The world of midot is not absolute good or absolute bad. For example, eating something not kosher is absolutely not good. No negotiations. But when it comes to midot, it's not like that. Midot is a balance. You have to know where the measurement is. You have to be kind, yes, but there is a, a point or a situation where kindness is not the right thing. Maybe kindness to the wrong person, or maybe kindness in the wrong time. Or maybe right now your mother needs you, so you can't be kind with your friends. There's a balance when it comes to midot. Yes, you should never be angry, absolutely. But there is a way to show anger. You have to know how to do that. Every midah 
is called a measurement because you have to know what is acceptable and which situation is acceptable. You know how much wisdom that is? To know how to use your midot, to know when it's too much or when it's too little, to assess the situation and try to figure things out within the situation. Where in the Torah are you going to get that midot? Torah says, Ish imo ve'aviv tira'u. It's the father and mother that's supposed to balance their children and teach them how to use their midot in the right balance. By the way, just on this subject before we go on, Rashi Alava Shalom in that parasha, Parashat Kedoshim, says, How come they gathered all of the Jewish people for this halacha? <clears throat> As I mentioned to you before, in the desert, the way they taught the Torah, the way they taught the Torah was Moshe Rabbeinu would teach Aharon and then he would teach his children Elazar Veitamar. Then he would teach the elders and then he would teach the Jewish people. But this one they said, let's gather everybody. Says Rashi, Allah va shalom. Why is this parasha special? He says, because Mipene Sherob Gufe Hatora. Because the majority of the essence of the Torah is dependent on this parasha. The majority of the essential part of the Torah is in this parasha of Kedoshim. What does that mean? The majority of the essence of the Torah. The body of the Torah. What does that mean? So we refer to a Gemara in Masechet Shabbat a very well-known Gemara, when a Goy came in front of Hillel and he told him, Gayereni, I want to convert. He says, but I want you to teach me the Torah. The condition is I convert. If you teach me the Torah while I stand on one leg. So Hillel told him, I can do it. He says, let me teach you. Stand on one leg. Ready? He says, What isn't liked by you, do not do to your haver. That is the entire Torah. And the rest of the Torah, is just an explanation. Now go, and learn the rest. But I gave you basically the whole Torah. Rashi gives, by the way, two explanations. I think most people know the second one. The first explanation, Rashi says, who is Havercha? Rashi, Havercha is referring to Hashem. Rashi says, Pasuk says, Re'acha ve'reya avicha al ta'azov. Do not leave your friend and the friend of your father, referring to Hashem, who is our friend. So basically, it means, listen to Hashem. Thank you very much. It means, listen to Hashem. Which means, whatever He tells you. That's kola Torah kula. But the second 
explanation. Rashi says, no. Re'acha says, Rashi, havercha mamash. It means your friend. Literally your friend. Kegon, gezela, geneva, don't steal, don't rob. Verova mitzvot. And the majority of mitzvot. Rashi's telling you here that the majority of our mitzvot are ben adam lahavero. So when it says, the kola Torah means the majority of the Torah. That means the majority of the Torah has to do with the way we behave with others. Says Rashi, you know why we gathered all the people for this parasha? Because if you look at this parasha, you will find that the majority of this parasha has to do with the way we deal with others. For example, in this parasha, it says, make sure when you have food, when you have grain, give it to the ani. Make sure you support the poor. Lotignovu, don't steal. Loteshakeru, don't lie. Lotishavu bishmila shaker, don't swear falsely. Lotalim peulat sakhir, don't delay payment of an employee. This is all in this parasha. Lotekalel heresh, don't curse people. Don't mislead people. Make sure you judge people favorably. Do not go and be a peddler of words. Did you hear what she said? You heard what he did? Don't do that. Don't see your friend in danger and just keep walking. Do not hate your brother with your heart. Your brother means every Jew. Give rebuke to your brother. But don't embarrass him. Don't take revenge. Don't harbor hatred. It's all in Parashat Kedoshim. Stand up for an older person. Respect Talmidei Hachamim. Don't do evil in judgment. Make sure your weights in your business are honest. And more. Parashat Kedoshim. Is a parasha that deals, like Rashi says, Rob Gufe Torah Teluimba. The essence of the Torah, the majority is in this parasha. And again, it begins Ish Imo Ve'abiv Tirao. There is no mother and father that doesn't want their children to have proper dealings with the people in their life because ultimately, that's what makes a great life. Of course, between us and God, that's obvious. But the Hidush of the Torah, by the way, is people think that Kedoshim means, to be Kadosh means it's you and God. That's it. You pray, you learn, you do mitzvot, Shabbat, Kashrut. All mitzvot with you and God makes you Kadosh. Comes the Torah with a tremendous Hidush. Kadosh includes the way you behave with others, when you respect others, 
when you're honest with others, when you're sensitive to others, when you love others, that's part of being kadosh. Kiddushah is not just between you and the Creator. When you act with your friend in the proper manner and with the right kavod and the right respect, you are also kadosh. You cannot be kadosh without this area of your life. And the Torah again says, all of that, you're going to need your parents. You're going to need your father and mother. That's the norm. Of course, there are exceptions. Sometimes parents are not really good teachers of Kedoshim to you. That doesn't give an exemption to the children to learn from somebody else's father and mother. That normal life, that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a father and mother that gives over this Torah. It's a whole new Torah. It's not the Torah of Shohan Aruch. It's a Torah of day-to-day behavior and how to behave within yourself and with others. Who will put boundaries who will put restraint around this wild donkey if not a father and mother? A child that a father and mother doing their job is going to end up a wild child, a wild adult. There are a lot of wild adults in the street. And we could really say, they didn't have the right upbringing. It's not a rule. It could be exceptions. But you could look into many people and say, this father and mother just weren't around. Or they don't know how to say no. Or many other examples like that. Kedoshim tihiyu ish imo ve'aviv tirao. A father and mother is much more than, oh, I owe them because they did so much for me so much more than that it's the building of your child that means if you look at your son or daughter and you want to know what is the sure way that they will become a quality person that they will become a real quality Jew with all the enhancements Torah says make sure that they honor you make sure that their kibud avaim to you is sterling. Because with that, you could turn them into angels. I ask you, we've all grown up. We've learned from our mistakes. We're still not perfect, perhaps. But I ask you a question. If I gave you a child today, and I guaranteed that this child will always listen to you, will always trust you. Whenever you tell them anything, from the time they're little till they become 20 years old, they will listen to you. When you say, listen, I want you to be responsible, they're responsible. I want you to respect your friends. They do it. I want you to remain calm during this difficult situation. They do it. I want you to wake up at this time. I want you to sleep in this time. I don't want you to be with that friend. If I gave you a child 
and I said, this child will listen to everything you say. What, what is it, what is it that you can make out of this child? I think all of us would agree that the child will become a malach, will become the most beautiful person. We may not be the most beautiful people, but we certainly know what it takes to make a beautiful person. We've seen it. We struggle sometimes with ourselves. But if we had that capability, we would turn a donkey into an angel. So what is standing between the donkey and the angel of your son or your daughter? Answer is the respect and awe they have for you. If they have the proper respect and awe of their father and mother, you are now in a position to turn them into something very beautiful. And if they don't, we'll get to in a second, so how do I get to that? But if they don't, they are literally a child at risk. A child, a young man, a young woman, a teenager who doesn't have the proper respect for their father and mother is a child or a teenager at risk without a question. Like I said, much more than I owe my mother. It's much more than that. It's the future of this young man or young lady. Hazonish, one of the great Jews in the history of our people, was the Gadol Ador in the previous generation. His Gadlut, his greatness in Torah, was beyond what we would call normal. His Derech Eretz, his Midot, his Bitahon, his Sefarim, his Hadracha, a giant of a human being. One time, he was in a yeshiva, and one of the people in the yeshiva asked a question. They were trying to hold him down from the question, but the Hazanishas let him ask. So they asked, he asked the Hazanish, which mitzvah did the Hazon Ish do that he was Zoche, the merit to become the Hazon Ish? What did you do when you, I don't know if I would ask that to a Gadol, but this, this young man asked the question Which mitzvah did the Hazon Ish do in his life that earned him to become the Hazon Ish, to become this giant of a human being? They were all. Little, little, little mountains in the world, little hills. And here is this Mount Everest in the middle of little hills. How did that become the mountain? So the Hazanish closed his eyes, held his head for, the story says about 15 or 20 minutes. 
I guess he took the question seriously. And he answered. He says, in my whole life, I never caused pain to my father and mother. In my whole life, I never said no to a request of my father and mother. After 15 to 20 minutes, that was the answer of the Hazanish. He did a lot of great things in his life, the Hazanish. He learned a lot of Torah. He stayed up nights learning. He did so many mitzvot. He helped so many people. But the one mitzvah that he saw as the cause, as the stage for his greatness was kibud avaim. Perhaps he was thinking about today's parasha. Kedoshim tihiyu. Ish imo ve'abiv tira'u. When the Hazanish was walking home from Bet Knesset, there was in the street hundreds of people walking behind him to escort him to his home. So he heard a little boy telling his father, he didn't understand, why is everyone walking behind the Hazanish to his house? Doesn't the Hazanish know how to get to his house? Cute question. Why is everyone taking him to his house? He knows where he lives. So the Hazanish, when he heard the question of the young boy, he turned to his father and quietly he told him, he says, tell your son that the reason why I have so many people escorting me to my house is because of the mitzvah of kibud avaim that I fulfilled in my life. That's the mitzvah that everybody's running after. That's what makes me a person that everyone wants to take to their house, to his house. Connected to what we just said, the mitzvah of kibud avaim also teaches a child or a young person how to get direction. You see, in life, we don't like direction. We don't like to be told what to do. Not by our parents, not by our friends, not by our teachers, not by employers, and not by God. We don't like to be told what to do. Maybe sometimes when we understand why they tell us, then maybe we will do it. But that's no way to succeed in life. To succeed in life, a person has to learn how to do with all his energy and all of his simha when he's told by someone he trusts and even if he doesn't understand. You may have a job and you don't understand why they put you in that section. But you have to be willing to give it your all in that area. Because it could be from that area you will find your success. But when they put you in a place that you don't like and you're not into it, that's one of the great complaints of young people today. They get a job and a week later they leave. What happened? Not into it. You don't have to be into it. 
You didn't go to work to be into it. This is not a restaurant where you went to eat. You're going to make money. You don't have to be into it. You have to learn how to listen to someone who gives you direction. You can't make it up to the top if you don't know how to listen. You can't go to school and succeed if you don't know how to listen. That's obvious. How many young people struggle in school just because of this? Because they're not taught in their home that you need to listen. You don't have to understand. You need to listen. Sometimes on your Shabbat table or on your weekday table, you told your son he can't do something. And he says, Mom, but why? And you, the kind you, says, let me explain to you why. And you try to convince him why it's wrong for him to do what you told him not to do. That's a terrible mistake. You don't need to convince him. That's showing him that he needs to understand before he listens to you. You've taken an opportunity to educate him that he needs to learn to listen and trust you without understanding. You don't have to explain. I don't have to negotiate with you. I'm your father. I love you. You have to do it because I told you. You want to explain to him a week later, by the way, you want to know why? You could do that. You want to give him a, a class in three days on the Shabbat table and explain why something happened without directly talking about it? You could do that. There's nothing wrong with explaining yourself, but it can't be that you listen because I explained to you. You're weakening, you think, probably, the one who's doing this, I'm such a good mom. I don't force my kids to do anything. I want to make sure that they understand everything so well so that they will do it. That is weakening your children. It's not giving them the ability to do things even though they don't understand. They're going to have to do in school. They don't understand everything. They still have to do it. Why do we have to learn that? doesn't matter. Why do we have to come in at this time? doesn't matter. Why do we get out so late? doesn't matter. You don't have to understand. When the creator of the world will tell them what to do, they're not going to understand everything. So then what? They're going to negotiate with him? Why? I don't get it. I don't understand. You know how many adults think like that? You know why they think like that as adults? Because that's they were when they were children. They weren't trained that you just listen. Not in a rough way. Not in a, I'm the dictator and therefore I'm the man in power. So bow to me. Not like that. Rather, I'm your trusted father. I love you very much. And in life, you're going to have to trust your father. I know it's hard for you, but you need to trust me. That's a great preparation for life success. You cannot succeed in life if you have to understand everything before you do it. It doesn't work like that. Life isn't like that. How many situations in life are in front of you that you don't understand why you're in this situation? God, why'd you put me in this situation? I don't get it. So what are you going to do? You're going to fold? 
You're going to sit in your bed and wait for the situation to go? Or you say, okay, that's what God wants, so i got to figure it out. I don't understand it. I don't know how I got to this point, but i got to do it. And you put all your energy, and guess what? Maybe one day you'll find out. Thank God I was in that situation. But you'll never find out if you're not willing to put in the work. If you have to understand things before you do them, you become a weak human being. And who is the power source for such a great child who will be a great adult and a successful person? Who is that? It's his mother and father who teach him through kibud avvaem. Of course, if he doesn't honor them, he's not listening. But if he has kibud avvaem and they, and they teach him what to do and what not to do, He's not just listening to his parents and not having the candy. He's not just not going to the friend and staying out late. It's so much bigger than that. When we give our children direction, it's so much bigger than the moment. We would be very small-minded if we only saw the situation at hand. I don't want him to eat that candy, so I'm not letting him have it. And if you succeeded in that area, you say, thank God, he's not eating the candy. That's such a little, little piece of something so much bigger that you're gaining. When you lost the candy, it's not the candy that you lost. You lost his future. You lost his ability to trust you. You lost his ability to listen to you, even though he doesn't like it. And you will turn into somebody else one day. And he will fail in areas where he could have succeeded because he wasn't capable, because you gave him the candy that you said is not good for him. You say, what's the big deal? It's a piece of candy. It's so much bigger than a piece of candy. It's his whole life. I don't want to over-dramatize it, but it's reality. You have to know, your job as a father and mother is to give a child that back, that strength. You could trust me, and you could do it even though you don't understand me. Wholeheartedly, you could do it. So we started with appreciation, but slowly we're understanding how much deeper this mitzvah is. It's about Har Sinai. The whole religion is based on It's about balance and good character and boundaries. It's about turning a wild donkey to a great mountain. It's all in kibbutz Vaim. It's about teaching a human being how to be strong in situations they don't understand. It's giving them that strength. And there's so much more. That's why I say it's para aduma. Oh, you thought kibbutz, before we started this class, oh, kibbutz of course, you have to appreciate your parents. Look how much they did for you. And by the way, that's enough. But it's so much more. It's paraduma. Paraduma means you don't understand. There's so much more here. Another example of what kibbutz avaim does for a person. I say child, by the way, not to exclude elders. I like to talk about child because I don't like talking to the audience.
when a child has kibud avaim, when he honors his parents, when he's in awe of his parents, ultimately, he feels trust in his parents. He has bitahon in his parents. He learns to trust. He learns to take a risk trusting somebody else. He learns or experiences love. A person who respects his parents usually feels loved by his parents. A child doesn't respect his parents, feel there's some hatred, doesn't feel the ahava, doesn't have the ahava, doesn't feel the ahava. A person who doesn't feel loved in life is a weak person. A person who doesn't trust in life is a weak person. Of course, we have to trust Hashem and we have to feel the love of Hashem. A person who feels loved by the Creator of the world is a very powerful person. A person who has trust in the Creator is a very powerful person. But it can't start with the Creator. That's why God gave children in the beginning of their life examples of God Himself. A child can't just go straight to the Creator. Hashem gave them like a ladder to climb. On that ladder, the first thing He finds is His father and mother. And it is there He has to cultivate that trust, that bitahon, that of course, I'll sign what my mother and father say with my eyes closed. If my father and mother tell me this is not good for me, I sign on it. I don't ask questions. I have such a trust in them. I know how much they love me. I feel loved by them and therefore I trust them. Who do you trust? People that you feel loved by. People that you know will never disappoint you. People that you know have your back even when you're not looking. And even if it's detrimental to them, they'll have your back. You trust them fully because you feel the love. When you feel the love, then you learn to trust. That's what Kibud Avaem is supposed to provide for a young child. It's a lesson in Bitahon. It's a lesson in daily Emunah. It's beautiful to read about Emuna and to listen about Emuna. But the creator of the world already gave every child a book. The book is called His Father and Mother. And it's daily reading. That's why Hashem made it that children need their parents so much. You don't think the creator could have made, made children be independent from day one? You don't think the process of becoming an adult could have happened in one day, in one year, in two years? Why so long? Till they walk. Till they're able to go to the bathroom. Till they're able to eat. Till they're able to just think for themselves. Why so long? Till they could cross the street without getting hit by a car. Why so long? You know how many years of our lives are wasted? in immaturity because we're so desperate for someone else to help us so we can't be independent? Couldn't the Creator speed up the process? Wasted 10 years of our lives, 20 years of our lives for Americans, maybe 30 years of their life till they become somewhat mature. 
happen. Doesn't every animal mature in hours, in days? What happened to the human being? The answer is because he wants the child to experience the love that was given to him when he wasn't even worthy. When nobody could take care of him, his mother took care of him. When nobody would stand him, his father was able to stand him. They did everything for him. They stayed up nights for him. They took him to doctors and waited for hours just for them to be well checked. They took him to the hospital late at night because he might have been hurt. They didn't go on vacation because they were watching him. How many things do I have to tell you what a mother and father do for so many years? What was that for? If he would have been independent, he could have done it himself. But the answer is, he's training him to feel the love of his parents. So when he feels the love, he starts to trust them. All of that is training a human being to feel the love of the Creator. It's just an example. It's a little rung on the ladder. When you feel your parents' love, and you trust them, and you honor them, and you do what they say, you're ready for the next step of your life, which is to feel the love of the Creator of the world. Like David HaMelech says, Lahazot benoam Hashem. I pray to feel the sweetness of Hashem. That sweetness is throughout our lives. Do you feel the sweetness? Do you trust the Creator? Are you fully going to close your eyes when you know He says something is good for you or not good for you? Well, if we had the mitzvah of kibud avaim right, if we really did it right, and it was complete, we would do that. We would be ready for that. Imagine 15, 18 years of training, of bitahon, of the love to feel the ahava of the creator of the world. That's what a mother and father is doing. So much bigger than hakarat hatov. Again, not to minimize that. But so much bigger. You're building the future strength and bitahon and sweetness of this kid's life. But on one condition, he has to honor you. He has to feel that kavotio. If we fail with our children in their kibud avaim to us, all of the things I mentioned are no longer available. It's an opportunity wasted. And the results are either an average child, an average adult, or below average. Of course, Hakarat HaTov is one of the things we keep mentioning. But even the Hakarat HaTov that they have for us is also a rung on the ladder. Because ultimately, the greatest Hakarat HaTov is us and the Creator of the world. But how can we have Hakarat HaTov to Him when we haven't trained to appreciate our own parents? So again, all those years, the goal is for them to appreciate us. 
Sometimes parents feel like, I don't need appreciation. It's not for you. The appreciation isn't for you. The kavod av v'em isn't for you. It's not for your ego. It's not for you to feel special about yourself. That's the way it's looked at sometimes. Even by parents. I, I don't need that. I don't need them to stand up for me. I don't need them to kiss my hand. I don't need them to... It's okay. Call me by my first name. It's fine. I'm okay. I'm good. We're like brothers. We're like, you know, sisters. And you think you're such a hero because you have crossed the boundaries of the older generation who wanted respect for themselves and they wanted to have control. And you're so much better than them. And you're just going to become friendly with your children. You're going to become a haver. What a terrible and tragic mistake you've done for your children by not giving them all the tools that they'll need in life. Of course you had good intentions. You didn't come to this class. You didn't realize that kibud avaim is para It's not the simple halakha that you think. It's so much deeper than that. It's the whole future on the line. It's the future of the Jewish people on the line. Not so simple for you to just say, eh, no big deal. What's the difference? It doesn't matter. Go ahead, sit in my chair. I don't care. It's not like that. How do you teach this mitzvah? How does a parent teach the mitzvah of kibud avaim to their children? It's got to be one of the most difficult questions to answer. You know, I could teach them to eat matzah. Eat matzah, just like me. I could, te- I could teach them to learn Torah. I could teach them to pray. I could teach them to be kind to their brother, to their friends. How do I teach them to respect me? Sounds, comes off so, I don't know, self-serving. Stand up for me. Don't sit in my chair. It's right. It's true. But somehow when it comes from me, it looks like it's about me. And kibud avaim is really not about me. It's about them. But when it comes from me, the recipient, it feels like it's about me and it doesn't give off the right flavor to them either. It feels like I'm demanding their respect because I need you to respect me. So this becomes a very hard mitzvah to teach. How do you teach a son and daughter to respect you? What are you supposed to say? Make proclamations on the Shabbat table? Here are the rules in this house. When I walk in, you stand up. You can't go here because that's where I am. You can't talk back to me. You can't agree with me. You give them all the rules of Shohan Aruch. What are you supposed to do? It's a hard halakha to teach. And very many of us are uncomfortable telling our children to, to do things for us. So number one, when we need to tell them, sometimes there's no choice. It's not the best situation to be in, to have to tell your son or daughter to respect you. 
we'll see soon there's other ways to do it but sometimes there's no choice and sometimes you do have to tell them but even then you gotta be careful you gotta be so careful that the conversation doesn't have you in it <coughs> that it's not how could you do this to me it's not after all I've done for you so it can't be that kind of conversation even when you have to tell them about respecting you, it has to be so focused on what's good for them as much as possible. Even then it's risky. But the minute you bring yourself into this picture of after what I do for you, I'm your mother. All that kind of talk makes you automatically puzzle. Like I said, even if you do it perfectly, there's a question if it's good. But you got to be so careful that when you talk to your children about honoring you, it has to be everything about why they need to do it, why it's good for them, and nothing to do with you. In reality... The best way to have a father or mother teach a child about kibud avaem is to tell them about the other, about the spouse. Meaning, if a child is a child is not respecting their father, so the mother should walk over <coughs> privately and say, "You know, the way you spoke to your father is not the right way." A father tells his daughter, you can't talk to your mother like that. Go try it again. That's much easier. It's not about you. Whenever you're in the house and you catch your son or daughter not respecting your spouse, that's the time to fight for kibudavai. When it's about you, it's very hard. So be careful when it's on the other one, because then you could actually step in and have a greater effect. Of course, the learning of halachot of kibud avayim. There are so many halachot of kibud avayim. So many laws of how to honor a father and mother. The Torah and Hazal gave us very clear Rules, boundaries of what to do, what not to do. Really, there are so many. It's, it's endless, the halachot of To learn them. I don't know if to learn them on the Shabbat table. It's hard. It's you. But for sure, schools should teach it. It should be something taught in the school. The school should take it upon themselves to teach children kibud avaim. Each age in its appropriate way. Obviously not teaching a five-year-old like a 13-year-old. And a teenager could learn it different. But they ha it has to be part of the goal of the yeshiva that our 18-year-olds are excellent in kibud avaim. It's not just another mitzvah. It's not like, okay, we want them to put on tefillin, we want them to pray and honor the parents. 
Yes, every mitzvah is perfect and beautiful. But kibud avaim is the core. It has to be one of the core mitzvot that they come out with. We want them to learn Torah, of course. We want them to pray, of course. We want them to honor their father and mother. That needs to be a core mission in the yeshiva. Teaching the halachot, giving real examples of what to do and not to do. It can't be just another subject. Because as we see, it's not another subject. It is the core of our success as an individual and as a nation. As far as a father and mother go, they need to help their children respect them. Shohan Aruch says it's forbidden for a father and mother to be very heavy on their children and to be very particular with them because it's going to be too hard. Which means you can't make your demands. Yes, you are the father and mother and you could ask them to do anything. But you got to be practical. You have to be realistic. Who's your child? What are they capable of? What they could handle? You're right. The halacha may demand of them certain things, but they may not be ready for that. And if you make it too overbearing on your children, when they're too young or they're too immature, so you're not going to get the results. So don't be overbearing. Put an atmosphere in the home that the respect is actually doable. Demanding things that are beyond their age or capability is only going to break them and make them go the opposite direction. So you have to be careful not to be machbid, not to be too heavy in your ask, in your demands. Even if they owe it to you, you have to be smart. You can't deal with them as if they're mature and they know everything and can do everything. The atmosphere of a home is one of the most important areas that brings kibud avaim. When I speak about atmosphere, I mean, what's the atmosphere between a father and mother? Is it a spirit of kavod? Is kavod the feeling in the air of our home? When we speak about someone, do we do it with kavod? When we speak to someone, is it with kavod? When we speak to each other, is it with kavod? And when we speak with the child, is it with kavod? People don't realize that. That you have to give a child kavod too. You can't belittle a child. You can't make a wave with your finger at him as if he's a nobody. As if he's not important. Or his idea was not important. You need to give proper kavod. You could tell him no with kavod. You can't say, no way, you don't know what you're doing, you're zero. That's not, that's not kavod. I'm sorry, I know you really want it, but right now you can't have it. Kavod. There's a certain amount of kavod that you have to give to your own children. A, a rabbi has to have it for his students too. Yes, students have to be in awe of their rabbi, but the rabbi has to treat them with kavod, they have to feel the respect. 
I respect you. You're a special person. I don't just discount you. So is that the atmosphere in the home? With the child? With other children? With spouse, one to the other? Is there a kavod in the home? If the atmosphere of the home is kavod, it makes kibud avaim so much easier. But if the home is full of knocking or distasteful jokes or all kinds of rude comments, it doesn't make for a very easy kibud avaim home. It's something that every father and mother needs to think about. Of course, domestic harmony, shalom bayit, is important because it's important. Because how it's hard to live without shalom bayit. What kind of marriage is it without shalom bayit? But it's so much more than that. I've seen in my life many husbands and wives that just stay together because of their children. But let me tell you something. If you're staying together and there's no harmony... I'm not sure how good you're doing for your children. You're staying together, but what are you giving them? The most important directive for you as a father and mother is that they should learn to honor you. They have no chance of honoring you because you don't honor each other. Sometimes it's better that they shouldn't be in your house. Sometimes it's better to separate in that kind of atmosphere. At least let them see kavod wherever they go next. It's toxic for a child to see a home that lacks respect. Can a father and mother disagree? Of course they can. But not in front of the child. Behind closed doors, they have a discussion. A disagreement on the Shabbat table of a kind nature is okay. Oh, I thought it was like this. No, I think the other way. That's okay. With respect, yes. But a child shouldn't see his parents at each other's throats. It shouldn't happen anyway. But for sure, not in front of them. If the atmosphere, and it's in the atmosphere, it's in the walls. It's hard to explain, but it's reality. If the atmosphere in the home is one of respect, respect to each other, Respect to people, respect to the child, respect to the rabbi, anyone of some importance, then this is the foundation of kibud avayim. Kibud avayim. You say, I don't understand. How come my children don't respect me? You don't understand? Sometimes people ask that. I don't get it. I wish I could tell them, take out a piece of paper. Let me tell you. Right, number one, number two, number three. And I'm not so smart, but it doesn't take a very smart person to understand why it's hard to respect you as a father and mother. I'm not, by the way, excusing a child. It doesn't matter who your father and mother is. It doesn't matter how much lack of kavod they had for each other. It doesn't excuse you from, don't ever say, my parents, they never honored each other, therefore, I have no honor for them. It's not an excuse. This is not to excuse any person from Kiwi. It doesn't matter who your father is, who your mother is. You need to give them the kavod because it's your mitzvah. Today we're talking about how parents can help their children get to that point.
the Mashgiach of Lakewood, Rabbi Solomon, Hashem Shetzen, Refuah He says that he feels that the first Shana Rishona, that that first year of marriage, which we know has special laws of bringing a wife and husband together and shalom and happiness, he says he feels that whole Shana Rishona is just a preparation of creating an atmosphere before the child comes. That's what Shana Rishona is all about, is getting your home to be the right place that when the child comes in, he's already in the place where he's able to honor his father and mother. The Torah by Ben Soreru More, that wayward child, the Torah says, gets a terrible punishment. The Hatam Sofer explains the Gemara in Masechet Sanhedrin. The Gemara says that the only way you're allowed to punish this kid is if his father and mother have the same voice. So simply it means that they have the same sound, the same physical voice. So it's never going to happen. By the way, the halakha will never happen because the details of this mitzvah are so difficult to actually happen, it's not going to happen. But the message is important. So the Hatam Sofer says, let me explain to you what it means they have the same voice. It doesn't mean they sound the same. It means they have the same message. It means they're not always arguing with you. Ah, your mother doesn't know anything. Ah, your father doesn't know anything. Call. They have to have the same voice. How could you blame a child who's a wayward child when his father and mother are not saying the same voice? They have to come with one voice. It has to be a clear message in this home of respect, of shalom, of leadership. Of course, leading by example is one of the great gifts we could give our children if we are zuchet to still have a father and mother. To give them a good example of someone who calls, someone who visits, someone who talks about their parents, not just visit. Sometimes people visit, but Parents are not so important in their life. To talk about their grandfather and about their grandmother in the most awesome way. My hero is my mother. My father is my hero. The Haya Adam says that a person has to honor his parents with his thoughts. What does that mean, with your thoughts? It means a son or daughter has to look at their parents and feel that they are from the most important people in the world. Now, how could I do that? My, maybe my father is not the most important person in the world. Maybe my mother is not so important. It's a different discussion. I can't talk about it right now. There's not enough time. But bottom line, from the perspective of a child, that's the way he needs to view his parents. That's the way he talks about them. The facial expressions about his father and mother are not, oh, yeah, grandpa's, how's it case? And sometimes there's reason to say that. Sometimes there's something going on in the family. 
and maybe he doesn't deserve based on his actions your awe, but you're commanded to mitzvah. You need to do it. When your children see your love and your awe of your own parents, that's guaranteeing them being in love and in awe of you. For that reason alone, it's worth doing it. Besides the mitzvah. If your parents are no longer alive, it's not over. The way you talk about them, the way you, your face lights up when you think of them, when a picture is shown, when you share a story about them, when they see how special they are to you, whether they, whether they were special when you were younger or not, at this point, they should be special to you. That's called a role model of kibud avaim. You know, the Torah tells us that Yosef had a very big challenge in Egypt. And he almost fell and succumbed to the challenge until he saw the image of his father. And when he saw the image of his father, he says, how can I do this? I'm the son of Yaakov. I can't do this. And he ran away. Rav Samson of Farl Hirsh Shalom makes an amazing observation. He says, this story places a tremendous responsibility on every father and mother. Which means, for Yosef to look at his father and say, how can I do this? If this is my father. That means his father earned in his son's eyes that he's something special. Which places an obligation on a father and mother to act like a special person. You know, in some homes, they never see their father in a t-shirt. may sound crazy. Not because the t-shirt is bad to wear or wrong to have on. But my father, I don't see your father like that. There's a certain look. I'm not telling you what the look has to be. But the point is, it should be a look of honor. When you respect yourself in front of your children, then you've earned their respect to you. But when you don't dress right, father or mother, you don't talk right. If you're not respecting yourself by the way you are and the way you act, what hidush is there if your children don't respect you? They see the way you talk with your friends. Maybe they saw you on a chat. Maybe say, they say they saw the way you were acting. You know how many 50-year-olds or 60-year-olds are trying to be 15-year-olds? It's such a terrible, terrible makkah of this generation. Used to be when people got older, they felt a responsibility. Wow, I'm older. I'm 40 years old. I'm 50 years old. 
I'm 60 years old. To today they're trying to turn back the clock. Sometimes surgeries, sometimes hair, sometimes... It is so ridiculous. What happened to being proud that you're old? You're proud. Be proud. You're a person proud of being an older, mature person. You're trying to run away from who you are? You think that's going to earn the respect of your children when they realize that you look so hazit that you need to change who you are? So you can feel good about yourself? That makes sense? That's going to earn the Yosef in your life to see, oh wow, my father Yaakov. Every Yosef in your life needs to have a Yaakov in his home. Are you the Yaakov of your Yosef? You could be Yaakov, you could be Rahel, you could be... This is what every father and mother, every Jewish father and mother in history felt that obligation. Not to turn back the clock and try to figure out how to be like them. They need to be like you. How many people older, they try to get it with the young kids. To sit with them, to drink with them. What happened to you? Aren't you a role model? Don't you look at yourself as a chashuv person? And if you don't, then how will your parents respect you? When you're trying to be like them. You have to dress right. You have to talk right. You have to act right. You're not 15. You're not 18. You're a mature person. For your children to respect you, you need to help them. Give them an image worthy of respect. What you did in your past is over. You learn from that. You're a different person today. Sometimes the way we dress, it doesn't give the right kavod. Nobody's going to say, oh, that's my mother. How can I do that? Oh, that's my grandma. They're not thinking that. Because you don't respect yourself. Images of our grandparents is a different image. It's an image of somebody regal, of somebody who has such a command over their, their, their desires, a person who has a derech in life, a person with self-respect. A person who measures their quality by what they are and what they do, not by the way they look. You're still running after money and you're 60 years old? You're still running after cars? You're still talking about your vacations? That's what you want your children to remember you for? That's the legacy you're leaving for your children and grandchildren? It's not good when you're young either, but at least you're young, you have an excuse. But you get older, it's supposed to be a whole different stage. And it's for your children and grandchildren. You're hurting them. The people you love most, you're hurting most. Because you don't give them the image that they need to be in respect and awe of. So don't be shocked why my parents, my children don't respect me. Again, we could do everything right and it's still their free choice. So I'm not giving a rule here. But you understand very well that what we do, we can affect the situation in a very big way. And by the way, just as an added incentive, 
פסוק סז. כבד את אביך ואת אמך, למען יאריכון ימיך. Honor your father and mother so that they will lengthen your days. Simply it should say, Honor your father and mother, למען יאריך ימיך. Who lengthens days? Who has the key to life? Not you, not me. There's a creator to this world. Who's יאריכון? In order that they should lengthen your life? Who's they? Isn't God the one who decides who lives and who dies? What does it mean? למען יאריכון ימיך. He will lengthen your life. The answer is when you respect your parents, your children will respect you. And your children will make your life longer. They will take care of you. They will be there for you. The one that you respected will come back in the form of your child that will respect you. And your life will be richer and longer. It's not a God says, I'm going to come in and give you life. Your children will give you life. Your children will give you strength. Your children will give you the simha by being there for you, by being your children with all the kavod and all the beautiful honor and awe and respect. story of a woman that came to the Hafez Hayim who got in a little bit of a scuffle with her mother. Not necessarily her fault. The Hafez Hayim told her like this. He says, look, I don't know if you're right. I don't know if you're wrong. But I'll tell you, it doesn't make a difference. Because you should know one thing. The way you act with your mother is the way your children are going to act with you. It doesn't matter, even if you're right, but you're going to lose your children. Be very careful when you fight with your father and mother. Be very careful when you lose that respect. You're writing the future of your own life. So take it very seriously. Not every time you're right, you're going to end up being in the right place. Kibud avaem, even to parents who are sometimes difficult. Why does it give long life, by the way, for kibud avaem? Why is long life the right answer or the right reward? Ultimately, sometimes we feel we don't have enough time. We're busy, we're doing, we're here, we're going. There's not enough time. And we're all guilty of that. I'm not talking to you as a, I'm not preaching. I'm one of the people that would say that. <coughs> but we need to strengthen ourselves and we have to remind ourselves. Torah says, I'm going to give you long life. You think you're giving more time to your father and mother so you're going to lose time? I'll add you more years. You're supposed to live uh, 80 years. You honor your father and mother and you added five years, you live to 85. You're not going to lose your time in this world because you're honoring your father and mother. Make time. Make time that you maybe you don't think you have. Because your time is well spent and you'll get time extra for what you need to do.
I heard a great story about a man in Israel who had a very, very dangerous situation health-wise, and they told him he needs to go get some very dangerous treatment. And he went to see the Hazonish. And the Hazonish told him, he says, Can you give me? he says, give me a bracha. So the Hazonish told him, I should give you a bracha. Why need my bracha? He says, you have a pasuk in the Torah. Honor your father and mother. That's your bracha. Next time someone comes to you, God forbid, is in a tough situation, is in a difficult circumstance, fix that area. Fix the problem. You have Torah promises you long life. It's promising you something good. You don't need my bracha. Kibud avaim. Besides everything we spoke about today, also the reward is so worth it. There was once a story about a woman who was very close to her mother. So close she was to her mother that the shiduch that she was about to get engaged to, the person was very worried that she's not going to be able to listen to her husband because she's so close to her mother. They came to a great rabbi and he said to them, a woman who honors her mother is guaranteed that she will honor her husband. That is something to look for in the shidduch, not to be scared from. A child who honors his parents is someone you want to get married to. Is someone that knows how to give respect to people in their life. There was a fellow who came to the one great rabbi and he told him, He's having a hard time with shiduchim. Can't find the shiduch. For years, nothing is working. It's just not going. He wants, he wants to figure out what the problem is. So the rabbi asked him, tell me, how's your kibud avayim? He says, my parents are hilonim. They're not religious. I really, I, I, they're not in my life anymore. I don't pay attention to them. They give me a hard time. The rabbi told him, you should know that this shiduch, your hatzlaha in shiduchim is dependent on your kibud avaim. doesn't matter if they're hilonim. You have to give them respect. Could you imagine telling every young lady, every young man in shiduchim, upgrade your kibud avaim. That's a good place to start for a bracha. You don't have to travel to Amuka. <laughs> it's also good Amuka. But Amuka is in your house. Kibud Ava'em is a beautiful place to get a bracha from the creator of the world. I'm going to end off with a, just a short story. This is such a beautiful story. There was a great rabbi in Yerushalayim. His name was Rabbi Diskin. He was moving from one apartment to another in Yerushalayim. And he hired a mover to come move all of his furniture, all his boxes. When the mover came to make the deal with him, he says, listen, I just want to remind you, you see this box here? See that box? Make sure this one is on top and this one's on the bottom. He told him, okay, no problem. Didn't think of 
a little majnun, a little crazy. Okay, fine. Comes the day of the move. The rabbi is there. He says, please don't, don't forget. He's not worried about the couch, about the walls, about not. When you carry it, make sure this, this one is on top and that one's on the bottom. Okay, now he's getting serious. Okay, fine. I hear you. I'll do it. Now the guy's carrying the boxes. So I just want to remind you that that box stays on top. If you have to stop, make... now the guy, so he lost it. Takes the boxes, puts them on the floor. He says, Rabbi, sir, I don't know what he was. He says, do me a favor. What are you doing? There are two boxes. What's the difference if I put this one on top or this one on the bottom? They're just boxes. So the rabbi says, let me explain to you something. He says, in that box is the writings of my father. On this box is my writings. My writings should never be on top of my father's writings. Father's writings always are on top. That's the attitude. The attitude in our lives is that our writings should never be above our parents' writings. That is kibud avaim. It's so much more. But I hope I give you a little deeper understanding of the subject. And by the way, in today's times, it's our tikkun. You know what Aisab's strength is? What's Aisab's koah over Am Yisrael? Kibud Avaim. The salvation needs Kibud Avaim. Baruch Amen. Amen.